Hello, this is Jeremy Newbegin from Grace and Faith Ministries. Um, I wanted to share something which was really significant in my walk with God. And um, I was encouraged yesterday by reading uh, a teaching by Andrew Womack, which he entitled Redemption. And um, it's a wonderful teaching, and I've heard it before, and actually God used Andrew to really speak into my heart about something which was really troubling me. And what was what was troubling me was that I kept reading about um, holiness. I kept reading about um, walking in the the spirit kept reading about do not sin and all those things were, were great but the more I tried to to do those things it, it seemed to me the more I failed and um, as we know I hope the listener knows that uh, any form of condemnation does not come from God. It comes from the enemy. And the enemy is looking to shoot us down, to uh, persuade us that we're worthless, that we're hypocrites, that we're unqualified to be used by God. And this was something that from time to time would um, eat me, eat me up inside. And certainly um, in my early years, because I found myself unable to walk as Jesus walked, i.e. without sin, that um, it was part of the reason, if not the whole reason, why I didn't lose my faith. I still, my trust was still in Jesus Christ, but I'd come to the conclusion that I, you know, I was a failure and I'd, I was totally unable to do what God wanted me to do. And so I, I sort of parked my faith. I put it into a, into the library, as it were. I didn't, not, didn't forget it. I knew it was there, but it was something that I just couldn't. Attain, I think, is the right way of putting it. And um, and then I had a a teaching from Andrew, others as well, but from Andrew in particular, one of his favourite teachings was it spirit, soul, and body. And in that teaching, God told me, showed me, told me sounds like. He's ordering me. He's not like that. He showed me that I had nothing to worry about. That I'd put my trust in Jesus Christ back in 1987. And as far as he was concerned, that I was righteous. I.e. in right standing with him. Why? Well, we all know this, I hope. Because 
our sins when we decide to believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. Our sins are exchanged for his righteousness. But you know as well as I do, I'm sure, that um, that didn't change anything. It was a truth that was in the Bible, but it didn't seem to change emphatically my walk because I still did the things that I did not want to do. And Andrew talks about what happens when we're born again. And this is so important for all believers to understand. So, so important. He taught that when we made that decision to make Jesus Christ our Lord and Saviour, what changed in us was not the outward appearance, obviously. And it wasn't our minds, because we were still thinking the same things. What had changed, what was a new creation, was our spirit. That basically we're three parts, three in one. As God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we are spirit, soul and body. And I used to, you know, you, you've, we've all heard the the hymns and the choruses that talk about our soul being saved and all that. And so, I did, you know, there seemed to be a contradiction here. And and what it, what's happening there is that people aren't understanding what actually happened when they were born again. And all of a sudden, it just slotted into place for me. I realised, wow, it was my spirit that was saved. That's the part of me that's a new creation. That's the part of me which is identical to Jesus Christ. It's the part that we can't see. And the soul, which not all, but is mainly our thought processes, what we think, our conscience, our character, our feelings, um, that was the part that hadn't changed. And the only way that that was going to change is by the renewing of the mind. And I'm, I'm, I'm on purpose here not going to go to scripture. You can all think of the scriptures that confirm what I'm saying. Because I just want to speak from the heart. I, I, I want to get away from for how I put it as a religiosity. I just want to share with you what I went through and how I see things now and that hopefully that'll help you or somebody who's listening to this um, and I would recommend that uh, you go to Andrew Womack's website and on there is the teaching spirit soul and body and you can access it online free of charge he's an amazing he has an amazing ministry his heart really is to teach us who we are in Christ. And he tries as best he can to not allow money to get in the way. I mean, obviously, it makes sense for us to contribute. Otherwise, if he had no money, he wouldn't be able to do and offer the things that he can offer free of charge. But certainly, if you're in that position where you, you can't afford to pay anything for the teaching he offers it free of charge and it come it comes as a um 
as a file which you can download but you can also order it as a DVD or a CD from him um, in fact I have some myself so if, if, if you're in the UK by all means get in contact with me um, and I'd be happy to help out but anyway so that solved that problem I then realized that um, that was the part of me that was born again and of course in Ephesians 1 13 I'm going to I'm going to scripture now I'm going to scripture now because I think it's important to understand this that when we were saved we were sealed our spirit was sealed and in verse Ephesians 1 verse 13 it says in him you also trusted that's in Jesus Christ you trusted him as your Lord and Saviour after you heard the word of truth the gospel message the gospel of salvation in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance that's verse 14 until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory so our spirit cannot be affected by sin. So our standing with Father is always secure. We may think things, we may say things, we may do things that would certainly qualify as a sin. But that does not affect our spirit. Our spirit is sealed by the Holy Spirit. Sin cannot affect it. And it's always pure. Our spirit is always pure. That's why we can go into God and have, you know, to talk to God with confidence. Because our spirit is the bit that Father sees. He's spirit and we're spirit. That's who we are. We're spirit, human beings, spirit. But He gave us on this earth. A body and he gave us a soul our conscience and our mind our brain and all our feelings the that we have um, so obviously that's a wonderful thing to understand because it then establishes in you a knowledge that you're saved as long as you keep your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour your salvation is secure whatever how bad your performance is and may I suggest to you that even if you murder someone even if you commit adultery even if you obviously lie or covet the Ten Commandments, that will not affect your salvation because your spirit is saved. The problem is that the mind needs renewing. And the mind is renewed by the Word of God. And in other words, we use, we read the Word of God and we choose to believe, hopefully, the word of God and in choosing to believe the word of God we change our mind to a 
align our thinking with what the Word of God says. And as Christians, we're all at different levels of having our mind renewed. But that's the way we renew our mind. That's why the Word of God is so important. It's not that the Word of God is something that we have to do to get God's um, um, forgiveness of God or God's acceptance. We are already forgiven. Our sins are already forgiven and forgotten. Okay? And the point I want to make, I mean, there's so much in there, isn't there? The point I want to make to you is that sin is no longer a problem between you and Father because of the reasons I've just given. Because when he looks at you and I, who are born again, if you're not born again, then clearly there will still be um, an obstacle in the way, sin. But when you're born again, your sin has been paid for by Jesus Christ. You obtain salvation, you obtain Jesus' righteousness, and Father forgets your sins. Your sins are sorted as far as he's concerned, past, present and future. They have all gone. Romans 3.23 and 1 John 18. Let's go to Romans chapter 3, verse 18. Excuse me whilst I find it. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Romans 3 verse 18. Now, verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for the law, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. And as I'm sure you will understand, if you don't listen to this, when you decided to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Saviour, you obtained grace. You came into the new covenant. The old covenant is one of law. The old covenant points you to your faults, reminds you of your faults and the need for salvation, and the need for Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. The new covenant that Jesus paid the price for when he died on that cross and rose on the third day is one of grace. And law was dealt with sorted by Jesus not by us it was Jesus that sorted that out for us because we couldn't we can't we are unable I don't care what anyone says you are unable to fulfill the law that was why father sent Jesus Christ because human beings cannot live righteously unless they're born again when they're born again they live righteously because their spirit is righteous all the time. Okay? And uh, there was another verse, wasn't there, that I meant to. 1 John 1 8. So let's go to that. 1 John 1 8. I love 1 John. 
amazing few chapters. Okay, well, I'll start from verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Now, I interject there. Some would think, well, yeah, because of the reasons that I gave right at the beginning. I, I couldn't, I found myself doing the things that I ought not to do. This is the point. When you're born again, you don't walk in darkness. It's those that aren't born again that walk in darkness. So going back to verse 6, 1 John 1 verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. You can't have fellowship with Father unless you're born again. Verse 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, which we do if you're born again, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Okay, that's verse 7. Verse 8 goes on to say, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, verse 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. Now that verse is the verse which seems to be a massive contradiction to what I've just shared. Now, the reality is that there never is any contradiction in God's word. So what is seemingly a contradiction is because we don't understand what verse 9 is about. Verse 9 is where John is talking about a church where they're not born again. Not accepting their sins. And because of that, they cannot be in fellowship with Father. And the remedy for that is the confession of our sins, i.e. I'm a sinner, I need salvation, I need Jesus Christ, I, res I, I acknowledge Jesus Christ my Lord and Saviour, and, and at that moment you exchange those sins for his righteousness. That's the confession of sins that has talked about in verse 9 now Andrew interestingly is of the opinion I don't agree with him um, but you know I could be wrong he could be wrong gosh how dare I say that could be wrong he says that um, because in our minds in our soul and in our body we still continue to sin because we're going through the renewing of our mind we haven't achieved the full renewing of the mind and of course don't forget that sin is anything that's not of faith it's not just doing the things like the ten commandments it's not trusting in jesus christ i mean a classic example would be not trusting jesus to be your healer i mean in this day and age right now which i know is a real struggle for many christians 
Jesus, the stripes that were put upon Jesus on the road to Calvary, healed us. There, right there, healing took place for us, for all of us, for all future generations, through those stripes that were put upon Jesus, Isaiah 53 verse 5 and 1, 2, 1 Peter 2, 24. Um, but many Christians don't believe that to be the case. And they put their trust in doctors. I, I, I admit here right now that um, I try very hard to keep my trust in Jesus Christ. Trying is an awful word as a Christian because it, it demonstrates effort on our part and we should be resting in the finished work of the cross. So in a way, trying is a demonstration of the flesh. It's certainly not a demonstration of the spirit. Demonstration of the spirit is resting. It's at peace. That is a fruit of the spirit. So we know when we're really walking in the Holy Spirit, when we just rest in the finished work of the cross. And I'm learning to do that. I think we all are learning to trust in Father in every area of our lives. We've 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 learnt to put our trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. But perhaps we're struggling at times with putting our trust in Father to be our provider, to be our healer, for wisdom, for patience peace and so on that's an ongoing um, walk isn't it and I think as we as we go through the challenges that life throws at us God's grace is more than sufficient for all our needs we were saved by grace through faith Ephesians 2 8 and 9 and we continue daily to be saved by grace through faith and um, the first part when we uh, acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour was the part that justified us with Father um, the walking with him and learning to trust him is the sanctification 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 of on a daily basis and sanctification is achieved as we learn to trust him in every area of our lives. The renewing of the mind. And the renewing of the mind, as I said at the beginning, was and is achieved through meditating on God's word. And coming to that place of accepting God's word as truth and everything else a lie. How about that for a finish there? Everything else is a lie. And the enemy is working overtime to confuse us, to question us, to put us off the sense put us off the revelation that father wants for us 
any way he'll do it, he'll do it. Whether it be through sickness that he puts upon us, because Father certainly does not inflict sickness on us. He does not use sickness to teach us anything. God is a good God, always a good God. And he would never harm us. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. My thoughts towards you are of peace, not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. That's Old Testament stuff, that Old Covenant. But it's true today. And most certainly it's true today because he sent his son to fulfill that, fulfill that for us. Salvation is wholeness in all its form. I think the Greek word is sozo, and it means wholeness. And it means what we have been blessed with is what Adam was blessed with in the Garden of Eden. He had everything. He had no need to worry for anything. God's provision was seen every day. And that's what he wants for us now, God's provision. To look to him for our provision. It's Matthew 6, verse 33, isn't it? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all our needs will be met. And all that is, is putting God first. Not looking to our own performance, our own righteousness, but always identifying that we're righteous because Jesus paid the price for us and exchanged our unrighteousness for his righteousness. And when we walk like that and don't fall into the trap of thinking that we need to perform, that we need to read the Bible every day, I mean, it, it, it does us good to read the Bible every day and, um, and to meditate and study on the word and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to understand because when we understand God's word, it makes us free. It's John eight thirty two. It's the truth that we know that makes us free. The truth we don't know doesn't make us free. We're, we, we live a life of bondage until we understand God's word and what he has already done for us. There's the key, what he has already done for us. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Ephesians 1 verse 3. So, our right standing is secure. I've established that, I hope, with you. And we've been redeemed. Therefore, nothing, nothing will hinder that. Our relationship with Father is secure. The problem is that sometimes we don't believe that or we don't understand what happened on the cross for us. And um, when I was started this um, podcast, I explained to you the struggles that I was going through and I, how I finally came to the end of myself as well I said father I don't understand I need you to explain to me help me to understand 
what actually happened on the cross. Help me to understand your grace. Help me to understand your love. I need a deeper understanding. And we need we need that all the time, don't we? I don't think we ever fully understand all those things. We will do when Jesus comes back, because um, at that point, our mind will be totally renewed. We'll know all things, and we'll be given a new body, and uh, our spirit is, is still what it is now as a born-again Christian, but we get our mind identical to Jesus Christ and our body perfect. It's a wonderful thought, isn't it, for the future? And uh, in the meantime, we can achieve the renewing of the mind before then through meditating on God's word and believing it and asking the Holy Spirit to help us when we don't understand. So, I believe that the confession of sins is not a prerequisite to relationship with Father, and I believe that what I've shared with you today confirms that. And the various verses that talk about confession of sins are for those that have not been saved and I'm yet to be convinced but Andrew adds to that that he thinks that if we confess our sins not to father but to our to the enemy if you like I think if we make a a statement to the enemy when he has lied to us and we've embraced that lie and then we've realized what we've done and we confess our sin and say i i don't accept that lie i reject it and i i choose to believe what god's word says about me and i believe that that sort of closes the door on the enemy um, that's trying to attack us i don't think it closes the door forever because I think, you know, temptation will come our way on an ongoing basis because the enemy is looking always to hinder us, to disarm us, to um, make us less effective as Christians and ultimately to try and persuade us that um, it's all, you know, that Christianity is a lie. Well, we know it isn't. And we always must remember that it's our faith accessing grace that saved us in the first place Ephesians 2 8 and 9 so that we can't boast it's all about Jesus Christ and that truth is the same on a daily basis thereafter for us okay so I hope that's been helpful and uh, look forward to speaking again soon God bless you